Hey, I'm Chris Cooper. I took a 200-word blog and built a $25 million mentorship company from it. It wasn't easy, and I had to learn some huge and expensive lessons along the way. But now I'm sharing those lessons with other business coaches and mentors and high-level entrepreneurs in this podcast. Want to chat with me? Go to businessisgood.com and click join the movement. We'll see you there. Why does my staff never clean up before they go home? Oh, my front office is a pigsty. Why doesn't anybody around here return phone calls or emails on time? Why doesn't anybody care as much as I do? Hey, I'm Chris Cooper. This is Business is Good. And today I'm talking about the two types of problems that you can have internally in your business, process problems and people problems. And if you struggle to get consistent action from your staff, there are only these two probable causes. So today I'm going to share the answer with you and talk about like how to resolve process problems and people problems too. This is an excerpt from my book, Founder, Farmer, Tinker, Thief. Second edition is out now. So first, I'm trying to solve problems in my business and I'm going to start by asking myself myself questions and I'm going to start with process. Before I assume it's a people problem, I'm going to assume it's a Chris problem, a process problem. I haven't made the process clear enough. So I'm going to start with this question. And this is this is a question I ask if anybody on my staff is failing to perform at their highest level, at their best, then I need to assume that it's my fault that the process isn't clear enough for them. So I ask myself, have I told them exactly what to do and how to do it? Now, 80% of the time, this solves the problem, even if I feel like that person's lazy or they're just being passive aggressive and they're not doing their job. The reality is I haven't told them exactly what to do. As founders, we frequently assume that everybody knows what to do or that our knowledge in our brain is just common sense that everybody has. But of course, that's not the case. Nobody knows how to write a compelling quote for a client until we tell them. And nobody knows what to say when a client says, I want to cancel, unless we tell them exactly what to say. And often, even when we give these instructions, the instructions are too complex or they contain these gaps that our own brains just skip over because we've done it before. You know, I once had this cleaner named Sean. And Sean's checklist said, mop the floors. So he would come in every night at nine o'clock and he would mop the floors, but he didn't use any soap when he mopped the floors because I didn't write, pour a cup of soap into hot water. The dirty floors were my fault, not his fault. Sean was just following my poor set of directions. So the first question I ask myself is, have I told them exactly what to do? The second question that I ask myself, if I've told a staff person clearly how to do a job and they're still not meeting expectations, I ask myself, have I shown them what perfect means? Do, do they know what 10 out of 10 looks like? So my definition of clean is different from your definition. To my kids, clean means tidy. But to my wife, clean means you know, involving bleach and rubber gloves a lot of the time. To me, on time means 15 minutes early at minimum. But to a teenager, on time might mean two minutes after 9 a.m. So if my front desk staff arrives at two minutes after nine on the weekend, and I've only told them in their instructions to be on time, then I am allowing a subjective weak point into my process. I haven't told them being on time means being 15 minutes early. So you need to clearly set out the gold standard in all the work that you assign people. And if possible, take a picture. You know, here's what the clean office looks like. Nobody can live up to an imaginary standard or one that's pictured only in your brain. So if I've given them clear instructions and I've given them a gold standard and they're still failing to meet it, then I ask myself the third process question. And that is, have I reviewed their performance with them? So this is a process for me. And this is usually my weakest link, honestly. 
But if I haven't told the staff person that their work is not up to par, they probably think it's just fine, right? Like 80% of the drivers on our roads think that they're better drivers than the average because everybody has an ego that won't let any of us believe that we're bad at anything. And your staff is the same way. If you don't rate their performance, they'll assume that what they're doing is pretty good, good enough. So you need to schedule quarterly reviews for all your staff. You need to schedule that in advance and you need to give them a scorecard like your evaluation form on the day that they're hired. Here's a blank one. Here's how we're going to measure your success. All right. So question four on the process side, if I'm sticking to an evaluation schedule and they're still failing and they know exactly what to do and they know what a 10 out of 10 looks like and they're being evaluated, then I ask myself a fourth question. And that is, do they have an emotional reason to succeed? Now you can tell a staff person to take out the garbage because it's their job and you can impose your authority and you can threaten punishment, but we're all human and we're all driven by our own personal internal desires. So at 9 p.m. when your cleaner is tired and wants to make it home in time to watch Survivor, they might even skip the garbage takeout, right? It might not even be a conscious decision. But if they know that you know the president is coming to your business tomorrow, then they won't forget to take the garbage out because they've got an emotional reason to succeed. If they know how a dirty bathroom looks to a client, then they won't forget to take the garbage out because they'll have an emotional reason. They want to keep that client happy. So our job is to make them see the consequence of their failures through the eyes of others. Hey, if you don't empty the garbage tonight, then our favorite person, Mary, will have to do that in the morning and she'll be finishing your job for you. And just as your mom used to guilt you into doing work by doing it for you while you watched, we need to give our staff an emotional reason to succeed. So ask them, how will this affect the other staff if your work isn't done? Or what impression will our clients have if the floor isn't clean? Or what will the buyer think if you spell their name incorrectly on the invoice? So if the four questions that I've just shared don't solve the issue, then you don't have a process problem. You have a people problem. And if you have a people problem, that might actually be harder to solve, but it is still your duty to solve it instead of just avoiding the problem. In a people problem, the wrong person is doing the wrong job. Now, even if you have a great person, they might be doing a job that doesn't challenge them or bores them or is beyond their skill set. So here's the questions that I ask myself if I think I've got a people problem. The first question is, do they have a clear view of their future in the company? In other words, do they see how their progress in this role, this thing they're doing right now, will affect their opportunities later? Do they believe that they're stuck cleaning the kitchen for life? Or do they know that it's a short-term step before they're promoted to sous chef? And do they know that sous chef is a short-term step before they're uh, promoted to line cook or whatever that is, whatever your hierarchy is? Do they see the hierarchy ahead of them and know exactly what they have to do to move up? So you need to set up regular career roadmap meetings with your staff. You can alternate these with evaluations every three months if you want to. The second question that I ask myself when I'm facing a people problem is, does their future position depend on success in this position? What that means is, am I judging their worthiness to be a great coach on their ability to sweep the floors? Because nobody's perfect at everything. Not me, not you, and not our staff members. So this person could simply be in the wrong seat on the bus. But am I going to fire them because they're bad at this one job or am I going to try them somewhere else? Now, I'm not a great cleaner, but I am a good motivator. Placing me in a cleaning role is not going to make me happy and it's not going to make you happy either if you're my boss. But if I see the big picture and my place in it with a timeline for advancement, I might do a better job with the cleaning. The third and last question that I ask myself when I'm facing a people problem is, will this person be part of the team that takes me to the next level? or takes the company or takes us to the next level. 
because the people who got you here might not be the people who get you to that next level. And it's true of your staff and it's true of you. While you're busy developing your entrepreneurial skills with your mentor, your staff might not be doing the same. You might be pulling further and further and further away from them and distancing yourself, right? And that's okay. Like some staff do want to run the vacuum forever. Some people do that. But when you move to the huge warehouse without carpets, they're going to need a new skill set. And if the staff isn't ready to acquire the necessary skills, then you have a people problem and you should chart their career path or their exit all over again. One of the greatest questions that I've learned to ask my staff is, do you still want to do this? Do you still want to be part of this? And surprisingly, the answer is sometimes no. And that's much better than maybe because it allows both the founder and their staff to move forward, even if it's not together. I'll give you an example of this. You know, when I dramatically changed uh, my mentorship company back in 2017, we decided that we needed to systemize the way that we were getting Jim's results. We couldn't just say, here's your mentor and let them just write their own script and try to help the client. We needed to use our broader knowledge and experience together, combine it into one set of skills and best practices and one SOP and deliver that to the client to get the client optimal results. And after some testing, it worked, but not every mentor wanted to do that. Some people on the team just wanted to, you know, free flow. They wanted to be on the call and brainstorm and shoot the shit and like be the best buddy of the client and never really map their progress or, or learn from the bigger skill set and apply those lessons to help the client more. And so I, what I had to do was realize that some of my favorite people in the world were not going to be part of the next stage of the journey with me. And so I went to each one individually and said, here's exactly what we're doing. I understand that's not what you signed up for in the first place. Do you still want to be part of this? And and out of the six that I had on the team, two actually said no. And to be honest, later on, I offered a bounty and said, look, if you don't want to be part of this or you think that you do want to be part of this, you need to ask yourself, like, is, is the money, the reward, the financial part, is that what's motivating me to continue? And if it is, I'll just give you money right now to exit. And um, one person actually took me up on that too. You know, this is, this is really what you have to understand is that the people who got you here won't get you there, but the processes that got you here won't get you there either. And so you're constantly going to be updating your processes, your SOPs, and constantly teaching that to your staff. And there's going to come a time when some people on your staff say, I can't deal with this much change or yeah, I don't want to I don't want to do this new process. I liked it the way it was before. And at that point, you need to ask them, do you still want to be part of this? The process and the people need to work together. The the founder's job is to create uh, a template, you know, a roadmap, a framework, and the staff's job is to execute that framework with energy, with as much freedom as possible, but also with the responsibility for the outcome of the framework that the uh, founder designed. And you have to constantly ask your staff, like, do you still want to do this so that you can make their exit as smooth as possible before you're auditing them and just saying like, wow, you're bad at this. You know, that's the worst case scenario for everybody. So when your staff isn't living up to your expectations or you don't think that they're delivering the way that it should be delivered, first, assume that you have a process problem. But if you've satisfied the first four questions that I told you at the start of this podcast, then you have a people problem. And that's tougher, but it's still solvable. Most of the time, the first questions that you should ask yourself is, am I the problem? And if you are, 
create the process that gets what you want and then get out of the way. And the greatest gift that you can give your staff is the opportunity to be successful in your business. I'm Chris Cooper. This is Business is Good. And if this is helpful to you, go to businessisgood.com and you can click join our community and join our free public Facebook group full of entrepreneurs from around the world who like talking about this stuff and connecting with each other so that they don't feel like they're on an island out there. Thanks for listening to Business is Good. If you'd like to chat about this episode or the blog posts or podcasts that I put on the Business is Good site, just go to businessisgood.com and click join the movement. We'll see you there.